we go. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and this is, I think, episode 200 and, let me check to make sure, 248, <laughs> 248. So, lots of episodes, but I'm so excited. I got to meet Lisa last year at um, Weapons of Mass Creation, which is in Cleveland, and she's from Cleveland, and then she's so nice, she was like, I was like, we should eat lunch or dinner or something. And so she's like, well, come on, me and my friends are going to eat lunch. And she just invited me and I went along and it was terrific. And she's so nice. And so we're talking a little bit about that today and how being nice and just being really good at your craft. I mean, you're, I, I really didn't know how you were doing everything you were doing because you were working full-time job at an agency in Cleveland and you'd done that for, for years working full-time, which we're going to get into in a second. Um, but then you were just like killing it. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you were, you planned a wedding and got married and then you still were doing so much work. I just didn't really know. So tell us, um, Lisa, so I'm so glad to have you. First of all, oh, so happy to be here. <laughs> some of you may know her from her, her maiden name, which is Lorik, but now she changed. She's full Lisa Quine all the way. And you started full-time freelance back in November? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good memory. So tell, tell them a little bit, a little bit of your backstory, what you went to school for when you started lettering, and then how did you use your lettering in your old day job? Gotcha. I will try to speed through all of that. Um, high school is where I started drawing words. I had no idea it was called even typography, let alone lettering. Um, I would just, you know, try to stay awake in class, but I would have songs stuck in my head. So all I did was doodle lyrics and I, like all my, my history notes, math, well, not math. I was actually interested in math, but history, like what other science all filled with lyrics. And um, so when college came around, I was like, okay, I want to do graphic design. Um, so I studied that and I kind of, I, I didn't really letter as much because we were busy doing foundation classes and all that. And I was trying to learn Illustrator, Photoshop, which is a beast. But after that, I got a job in advertising right away and I would go do the nine to five thing during the day. But when I come home, I was kind of lost like I had I felt the need to keep creating and so that's when I picked up lettering again and I would I would letter um lyrics again because I moved back home with my parents after college and I think being in that atmosphere where I used to get letter lyrics like it reminded me like oh let me go back and explore this but then like knowing like after taking a couple typography classes I think I felt a little better I was still pretty terrible this was 2012 um but I kept lettering lyrics I would then post them on Instagram because after college I got an iPhone um and then I found hashtag lettering and that led me to like follow Gemma O'Brien and like I Roxy Primo was one of the early ones too and I just found all these people who were mastering lettering. I'm like, ooh, like I want to, that's what I want to do. But in advertising, um, I didn't letter a whole lot, but some of my coworkers saw that and they would hire me to do like baby shower, wedding gifts and stuff like that. One art director did find my lettering and he did hire me on to do some um, headlines in a whole campaign. So that was super fun. But the whole... Uh, that company had a very clean, like Helvetica, Bajas kind of style, so it didn't really fit. Um, and I didn't really mind because it felt like lettering was my little thing outside of work. Like I didn't want those worlds to collide too much. Mm -hmm. But um, I started getting bigger and bigger projects and it became um, difficult to juggle. Like I didn't know if I wanted to be on the path to become a creative director eventually or be on the path to hand letter full time. And I chose the later, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's because it's just, it's so much fun. And I was having more success lettering than I was in advertising mm. and it was a little less hectic and I could be my own boss. Like there were just so many, um, more positives to lettering rather than advertising. Um, but it was, it was hard. I mean, eventually I did make the leap, um, 
and you know, I had a wedding after that, but I, I waited till had some money saved up, had health insurance through my husband. And then like the, there was a whole safety net built so I could make the leap. <laughs> so then I want to show some people I'm not, I didn't go back super, super far, but I went back far enough maybe. So oh, I'm going to share no. my screen. Well, it really isn't that there's a couple global prairie things in there, but just to kind of see, so you have a huge range of styles. I don't think that you're just in, you don't fit into one box, which I love. Um, but you have, um, you've done on all different kinds of materials, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you do diff you do illustration on there, but how did you like in the beginning when you were you looking at finding um, t letters or typography somewhere? Like even in high school, was there something you're looking at? That I mean, in high school, not so much. Like I, I had nowhere. I had no idea where to look for, like even looking up typography books, like that was just out of right. sight, out of mind. But what you're looking at in here, um, luckily in college, that was just a wealth of knowledge. And I started using Behance and Dribble. Um, what are some other ones? Abduzidu, like that design blog too. And, but mainly it was Instagram and Pinterest too, because it was very easy to just type in lettering and get a whole network of things. And Behance and Dribble tend to be more niche and for designers specifically, whereas Instagram and Pinterest is really anybody. <laughs> so I would, I like to go on, grab a couple images, like maybe 10 max, put them all up on my screen and then take a little bits and pieces and then put my own twist on it too. And I hate, like, I don't like being boxed in. I think that's why I originally went into advertising because I didn't want to like just be a web designer, just right. be a print designer. It's a little bit of everything. And I think that um, you can see that in my lettering too. Like I have a crazy mind. I need to jump and try new things and stuff. I love this, like the thuggish, ruggish. Oh I think God. it's so different. I love it. Do you not like that one? It's just, it's so old. I'm like, oh, I would do that differently. And well, I would be fine. So, <laughs> so there's some things that I think you do. Um, you, you do have some letters that you, you use stippling a lot of times. You do use uh, uh, some, I mean, this one has like the kind of block uh, caps. Mm -hmm. And then it also has the, you know, a uh, script. It's like, I don't have my words today, but. I mean, I there's, <laughs> there's so much and it, it really does. It gives so much for you to, I love the Columbus one too. I think that one's awesome. <laughs> it took forever. Oh, I bet. I can only imagine that would be, <laughs> but I think that it's nice that you have that range and you really give a lot or are able to offer a lot to clients. So when you first, I just kind of want to keep scrolling so people can kind of see so this is kind of maybe when you were doing more stuff for people who were getting, I mean, because I don't know when this was. I guess we can look. That's my first weapon. Oh, well, that's my brother. <laughs> so 2015. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That's what it was three years ago. That's so crazy. I know. That's, that's awesome, though. And then, but, I mean, you get the stippling is just incredible. And you do a lot of, um, you know, really – it's not just the letters you're illustrating all around and sometimes more than others. Love this one too. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have to carve out maybe two days if I'm going to stipple or do um, high detailed in illustration like that. But those are my favorite projects for sure. <laughs> the more detail, the better. It's, it's also, you have this really great kind of um, way to compose the piece. Even, I mean, this one is just, amazingly composed and you put all that extra stuff in and I love that clearly you didn't really like these so you moved <laughs> over and you kept going and I I love seeing that process and I'm glad you share that stuff with people I should share it more I think I've broken that habit but I definitely need to get back to it um and I think a part of that reason is because the iPad you know mm. you don't really go through tracing paper and layers of that it's just all right there on the screen so i'm trying to do both like stamp paper and maybe a little bit of the ipad too all right so i just noticed we are getting tons of um oh lenny's here lenny said hey and matt dawson 
Um, oh my God. <laughs> all right. Josh, Ash, Daryl, everybody's in here. Thank you. Kim's here. All right. So, um, Amy says this makes me want to go home and draw, draw, draw. So that's awesome. Yes, so, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so was composing, um, a big part or was that something that happened? Cause it seems like just getting the composition down is one battle, you know, mm -hmm. not just the lettering part. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to teach this in my workshop. I, and it's something that I learned in college because if you look at my high school stuff, everything is spaced out so clunky, but now that I know what letting and tracking is, thank you, Typography 101, I know how to properly space things. But an easy cheat to that is just boxing out where you're going to put words, like um, best thing ever. Like that would be three large boxes. I'm trying to think of something more complicated. Um, uh, just any sentence. Isn't that the hardest? Like getting content is the most difficult part of my process. Um, oh, use your weapons. I'm looking behind you. Okay. If I was going to do that, maybe um, use your would be on the same line and weapons would be huge, but like just drawing out the boxes first and then filling your words in like words like the, uh, those are like tiny little boxes, but the big chunk of it, just huge square on the page. Oh, and your dad's here too. He said, oh, hi God. from dad. Keep up the good work. That's Hi, sweet. Dad. Hey, my dad doesn't even pop in. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some of these questions. Cause one of the things yeah. that I love is that you are so nice. So I want to know how you, um, I was telling Kim this morning, I was like, I just really want her to answer this question. Like if I get this question answered, I'll feel really good about the interview is that how do you start those relationships? Cause I feel like a lot of people are in, um, you know, maybe they have a, a talent, right. Or it's something that they're growing, but they don't know how to start or how to ask a business. Cause you've done a lot of chalkboard stands, sandwich boards, you've done big murals. I mean, how do you start those conversations? And are those people, are those people, do those people already know what stuff costs or are they like, well, can you do this for $50? And you're like, Oh God, how many letters do you want me to do? You know, there's, like there's so much to everything you're asking. Um, Yes, I get a lot of those like, hey, I don't have any money, but can you do this? Like, can you take a charity project? And I would love to. Like, my main goal is to, you know, do one freebie maybe every three months just to, like, feel like I'm giving back or doing something. But, um, no, so how do I build relationships or, like, even start to do that? Yeah, so, um, like, if you were going – what was one of your first clients in Cleveland and how – how did you go about getting, because this would be in the beginning, like was that 2015, you were just doing these things for friends? And then yes. how did you get to a, do a wall or a, a window? You know, like how does it, and just so you know, your your mom said, hey, your mom's here too. So everybody's here. So we we love both your parents. So we're glad. Um, so yes, uh, a lot of people have been asking actually how to get a mural project. And the way... I did that was um, there's public chalkboards in Cleveland and I didn't have any mural experience. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do a passion mural. You know, no one commissioned it. I was just like, I need to put out the work that I want to get right. from other clients. So I started like, I kind of took ownership of this one section of the chalkboard and I would change it out every month. And um, sometimes I would ask friends, they collaborate with me. Unfortunately, I live in Cleveland, so I could do it only like a couple months out of the year where it's nice weather because it was an outdoor chalkboard. But that kind of helped um, kickstart that. They're like, okay, she can do large scale stuff. Also, I so got you kind of had to prove it. You had to prove yeah. that you could do this first. Okay. Because otherwise, how do you gain client trust? Exactly. <laughs> Right. And, um, and do you ever go to some place and you can tell a professional did not do their whatever, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, hey, I could do this and it could look a lot better. Or, or but, I don't know how I'll, to have those conversations and still be nice, you know? Right. And it, again, it is a little bit of like, well, show me you can do it. But um, the, how I got my first mural project, which was a four wall lobby in a company office. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is a big first step. But um, 
it was actually someone I used to work with at my first agency. Her girlfriend worked at the company Findaway, and she was like, you know, at Lisa does a little bit of lettering. She could do a mural. <laughs> like, had, probably had no idea what if I could or not, but she just kind of threw my name in the pot. So they were asking around different artists, and they were like, draw a hand-lettered thing and an illustration of an ice cream truck. So I gave them a quote and an ice cream truck, and they're like, we like your style of illustration. Like, go at it. There's a hundred more things to add to the lobby walls. <laughs> Whoa. I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't project anything. I was just kind of like freehanding it all, but learned a lot. I was, I, <laughs> me, my like mantra is just say yes and then figure it out. I think that's mm. a lot of people's mantras and it works. <laughs> well, I think another thing you and I had talked about the other day what, and maybe when we had lunch is just your enthusiasm. So just going in and getting on board. I know I'm totally jumping around. I don't even know. I haven't oh. even looked at my questions, but I think that that's something else as well. So like that lobby project, have you ever gone back to them? Have they ever done something else? Or is that your work from a while ago still up? Um, the Okay, so the lobby with the four walls, that's still up. They A couple of months after I completed the lobby, they wanted to get the, like, the CEO of the company a birthday gift. So I did a little caricature of his face and some inside joke. They're, they're huge on inside jokes. So I did that send it off. And then they're the ones actually shipping me to Philadelphia tomorrow for this conference <laughs> to do a live mural. Sounds, so. sounds like you're going in a box. They're <laughs> shipping me. I got to get in the UPS truck right after this. Pretty much. <laughs> here's a, here's a paint marker. Go at it. <laughs> All right. So, um, so how, okay. So tell us, we're going to read back go back a little bit. So you, in November, you step out and you're like, okay, bye-bye advertising because yes. you were doing so much on your on the side. So yes. <laughs> Cuz you had saved up money cuz I always feel like there are a lot of people and a lot of people who who come and listen at live and who are on YouTube watching, they want to know, well, how much, you know, like when yes. do how much work do I need to have so that I can go out on my own? Mm -hmm. And and it didn't last very long, right? Not because you weren't awesome. It was because you were so awesome, somebody wanted you to come on part-time. So tell them a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. So jumping back to like September, that was when I got married and when I was faced with the decision, like, should I take this big leap or not? Um, what happened was I had a project come through. A company wanted me to do six, a six-wall mural. And like, I can physically not have a full-time job and do this by the timeline they want. And I quoted them a bunch of money and I, I told myself if they said yes, then I would seriously consider going full-time freelance. But on top of that, I knew like after reading a couple audiobooks and like starting your own business and stuff, um, Sean McCabe or McCabe, um, he has a book called Overlap and it's all about taking your passion project, mm -hmm. going full-time freelance. And he said that you should have three months of living expenses saved up before you make the jump because that way, you know, if, it's, if it fails right away, you have something to live off of. Or if you need to like start looking for another job, you know, you just have a chunk of change saved. I tried to get six months of savings just because I'm a super worrier. So I tried to save up as much as I could while still dumping money into wedding planning. Like it was, it was tough. And I was staying up late working on as many projects as I could outside of work. But um, yeah, so saving money and then having um, repeat income too. I was trying to set it up so I would have monthly payments by restaurants and like, um, yeah, monthly chalkboards and stuff. Just kind of so retainer so that yeah. these people were going to hire you to That's come back in once a month and do some more work. Right. Okay. And I think another audiobook said you should have like seven routes of income or something. Mm -hmm. It's a little excessive, but if you could do it, why not? Um, so that's why I thought like, you know, maybe I'll focus on murals, weddings, restaurants, branding. Like I try to come up with seven. Um, and then, yeah, uh, getting married helps with the healthcare. <laughs> I learned. So that was you know, another thing people worry about. And I think there are routes to take if you can't get your spouse, spouse's healthcare and stuff. Um, 
yeah, that's kind of the method I took. And then, like you brought up, um, I accidentally got a part-time job. Because, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like at the grocery store down the street. It was, tell them where it is. It's with American Greetings. And so November, I did a month of full-time freelance in December. In December, late December, they approached me and said, hey, you know, we have a part-time position open. And I actually wanted to go part-time at the agency, but they were like full-time or nothing. So I left. And then part-time was like a dream because I could come in a couple days a week, have a steady paycheck, and like kind of be okay if the full-time freelancing didn't work out. Like it felt like just the nicest safety net to have. But it was also with American Greetings where I could do hand lettering. There's a whole team of hand letters and like, amazing amazing illustrators like world known and like someone just did the google header for mlk day you're famous yeah um, and it's nice too because they're actually teaching me how to hand letter like a formal class which i've never had and i probably need so (laughs) so you had the i also feel like it i feel like a lot of times full-time freelancers take on too much that that part-time job that you weren't looking for gives you a little bit of stability so that you can, you don't take on more than you really can. Even though I still think you probably take on a little bit more, right? Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. I, I agreed to do a mural due this Monday when I was already at max capacity, just figuring it out. So doesn't, when you're like um, quoting something for time, um, mm-hmm. And they want something, if they want something on Monday, they, are you doing that in a day? Is it have color? Do you have a one kind of bid that would do if you wanted to add color? I don't know if you're doing like three tier pricing, like if you, mm-hmm. this one, this one, and this one, I mean, do you, do you like the murals? Is that like your favorite of all of them? Or are you glad you have other things? Um, I'm glad I have other things. I couldn't just do murals. I would go crazy because, I I mean, I like doing stuff tiny, but doing stuff big too is super fun. It's just a little hard on the back. Um, With this one, it was for the Cleveland Slate, the one due this Monday, and they've been a very helpful client. It's run by Stephanie. She was my business coach for like two phone calls. Loved her. And she's very, I knew she was someone with a vision, like, I kind of know what kind of client she is. So I knew she likes to keep things simple, likes to do big blocks of color. I'm like, okay, it's going to be doable. And I know she's a reliable client and she actually gets me other mural projects by throwing my name, like by referral. So I'm like, you know, she's a great client. I will do this for her. So was this the one that was on the big pink building? Yes. Okay. I'm going to try to show that. Paul's pink too. She loves pink. Uh, okay, so let me share this real quick. So this, well, but that that's not it. That might be the inside. Oh, if you click that, the, I think there's a photo in that series. Okay, yeah. So there this so this is a it's a pop-up store. It's not always this or it is always there. Sorry. So it was it used to be a thrift store that got um, shut down and she rented it for a couple months and it was for the Christmas season or holiday season. So they had um, a group of makers, yeah, makers, creators. It was just like a flea market of Cleveland area entrepreneurs selling things that they've made. And yeah, it was just for like November and December. So then do you, did you already, had you worked on windows before? (laughs) <laughs> yes, but like maybe the size of what you're looking at now. Just like <laughs> like now. the little one? Like a storefront window, not like a thrift store storefront window. Right, because this is big. This is a big... Oh my God. <laughs> so, all right. So this is, um, was there, is there some sort of learning curve? I don't know if you were able to project onto this or not. I was not. I would have been able to like print out that to size tape over the windows, but it seemed like too big of a hassle. And I I figured like, you know, if if the C isn't the right curve, I can erase it because I I had to use acrylic markers. Mm -hmm. This couldn't be permanent because she was renting. So this is all water-based markers, very easy to get off. And so I just kind of would do a letter, stand back, 
do another letter, stand back, make edits. <laughs> so you're doing this, so not from the inside backwards. You're doing it from inside the outside. Oh, you exactly. are. You're doing it. Oh, my goodness. So that also seems like a big challenge to me. Uh, yeah, I definitely had a misspelling in there a couple of times. <laughs> but just how the letters work, you know, I mean, I guess you just switch it. But it seems like it would be a challenge because it's so big, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I just, I had my iPhone, I would reverse the image, uh -huh. so it would be backwards, and then just kind of went from there. <laughs> All right, so let me uh, stop screen share real quick. All right, so um, you go, let's talk about American Greetings just a little bit. So how flexible, so you, they wanted you part-time, you said, how about two days? And so how, like, how do you work those two days? What, if you have to go out of town, do you, do you just scoop them up somewhere else? Like, they are so nice and flexible with the schedule. Um, like I only do a couple projects per month and stuff. Um, cause you know, they have, they're a greeting card company. They have like, okay, just do the lettering for the front and inside of this card. It's due in a week. It's kind of like easier to do. Some stuff is easy. Some stuff is a little more complicated, but they're very generous with the time. Um, but I did tell them like I have a six month, or a six wall mural to work on. So I can only do two days a week. If I go out of town, I could do like three days and then one day the following week and stuff right. like that. So it's just, you know, and I've only been here since late January and two days a week. So now I think it's been actually a month time. So we're <laughs> still, we're still figuring it out. You're still in the honeymoon phase. Yes. So, so how many projects are they like, um, I need 50 cards by the end of the week. Or, or are you, is it just lettering that you're doing? Or are you doing the coloring in the computer? Or are you doing the coloring? Because that one that is like your, um, that, that what you did, I guess they, it was for them. Maybe it was, let's yes. see if I can find it. The one about your husband, your, the son-in-law. <laughs> the son-in-law Yes. That was actually from last year. Um, yeah, it takes like a full year for our card to go through production and like, actually be out in stores but um so yeah they brought me on as a freelance designer i did a, like four cards for them last year and now they're trickling into target and walmart and stuff um but yeah so their process they have a team of planners which are kind of gra like graphic designers who get together a team of, like one hand letter one illustrator sometimes it's just an illustrator sometimes the planner can do all the design for the card um but yeah, I just have to send them a black and white uh, file of the lettering. Like it could be Photoshop, it could be Illustrator. They're very flexible. I, they just need the lettering, and they can piece it together. So the, you're you aren't having to color things, right? Okay. I mean, you might still do it just for fun, <laughs> right? But but a lot of this is just. I mean, I looked at something that you had done and I was like, oh my goodness, is she drawing like those little lines that are on the M and the A and the T C H? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, I don't I don't know if she's using a ruler. They are really straight. But I don't know if you're using a ruler or not. Uh, I'm not. You can tell I think in the A, those are those get a little cockeyed. But they're oh. still straight. I guess it's not super long. I don't know. But well, anyway, with hand lettering, there's, you got to find that perfect balance where it looks hand done, but it doesn't look perfect. Right. Right. All right. So, so they have, a, so you did some pieces last year. So in a week or in a month, cause you said they don't ask for too much. So you don't feel too stressed, but are you right. giving them multiple versions of, is it, is it more <laughs> art directed? Is it just what, like they said, Hey, we need you to do a son-in-law birthday card or something right right yeah I, it is usually just like one and done oh bye Lenny um because <laughs> yeah I know I'm used to advertising where I have a creative director they want to see multiple versions of everything they everything has to be perfect you can't send anything out without them seeing it first here it's like yeah looks good <laughs> like <laughs> Well, and they are really good. Maybe everybody isn't like that, but with you, they're happy that with <laughs> all your work. Like it, it does go through a manager. It goes through a planner. Like you do have a lot of eyes on it, but people generally trust that you are doing your best. And like 
you know, as long as you stick to kind of the mood board that they send out, because, you know, they're like, here's the text, here's the visual, like, that we're kind of going for. Mm -hmm. And usually it's from other cards or other artists in the department. So they try to keep everything as internal as they can, because they've hired a bunch of artists, like, right. I go use something else. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and that's all right. So then how many are you having to do? Do you work on that ever like at home or is it only when you're at work? I try. So American Greetings has become my like meditative space. <laughs> I like go to work to remain calm and everything. But um, yeah, I usually can't work on it outside of work just because I have to catch up on my own projects. Right. But if something does need to spill over, which it hasn't yet, um, it, they're pretty flexible. Like I can stay late or I can work on something at home a little bit if need be. So do you, do they provide you your own iPad at work or do you have an iPad that you bring in? I don't know. I'm, I, this is probably a stupid question. It's not, it's not at all. Um, cause normally like with a company like this, they would give you an iPad and a pencil, especially cause it would, it's so much quicker to use. Um, they don't hear yet. I think they're trying to put like illustrators can request a Cintiq, mm -hmm. but for right now, it's like if you want to use it, you're gonna buy your own, and which is fine because I I bought my iPad before I even like came here, so I don't mind using it. Because it's just another tool, but the other tools there are. I think when at Weapons we there was a tour. I know Lenny got to go on it. And they toured American Greetings, right? Yes. So do they provide a bunch of other utensils, I guess, for you to use? They have everything else besides the most expensive pieces. <laughs> but, like, every pen you can imagine, every, like, anything you can create artwork with, they have, like, their own art store. It's so, And they have their own Starbucks. They have their own greeting card store where you can get American greeting cards at discount. Like it's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, um, so when they give you kind of a direction, but you pretty much have complete creative freedom after you see what they're just as long as you stick within their mood board, mm -hmm. how do you kind of use that? I know you already did stuff like that cause you'll have mood boards for clients. How do you kind of transition and talk about some of your freelance? How do you get, cause I feel like, you're working in Cleveland. You said a lot of your work is local mm -hmm. and you are busy. You're slam busy, right? So how do you, yes. and a lot of people aren't, um, they don't know what this costs. They don't know what this this is. So there's a lot of educating, which I think yeah. this is where being nice comes in. Cause sometimes you can get, I think uh, Jason was asking earlier, he's like, Oh my gosh, I just want to ram them in the head with my fist when they asked me if they could do something for free. But I think people don't realize, and I think we start feeling guilty about what, well, I like to do this, you know, and maybe when you work, it should be painful or something. Um, mm -hmm. So what, how, how does that, um, how, how do you use some, what are some tools you use with your clients, like in the beginning? Because some people, they know what they want, but they can't communicate it, right? <laughs> I'm just reading Jason's comment. <laughs> um, so I, I try to get in the right mindset. I think I read this in an audio book too, but you're, the best projects will be because you're either fueled by something that you want to create or fueled by something that is a price that you appreciate. So those are always my two goals. When you have both of those, that is a sweet spot and the best project ever. But if people aren't willing to pay you what you're asking, then maybe you could go for um, having, like kind of taking creative ownership over the project. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy and your client's not going to be happy and it's not a good fit. So I try to hit either of those two things. But I think what you were getting at, being enthusiastic about the project also <laughs> is super, super helpful. Like acting like you want to work with the, the client, acting like you want to work on this project, like you are so amped about it, definitely helps. And that has helped me get return projects through my clients. Like wrapping up the six wall mural, I they gave me a seventh wall to do. And they gave me a postcard announcing their new name and location. 
and I'm doing another invitation for them. Like they just keep giving me work. And I think it's because like, you know, we'll meet in person, which is huge and over coffee and I'll be like, yeah, like what's going on next? Like, oh, and, and actually helping them, you know, because you have to be good at what you're doing too. <laughs> Right. So they see the return on their investment. They also see that you're part of the team and you're part of the strategy. And I think that really does make a huge difference. Like people feel like, oh man, Lisa's really, they feel like you are part of their team, even though you're freelancing, you know? Yeah. And like, it's kind of addicting too. You know, when um, you're sick or sad, some like help me books say to smile and you'll feel a little bit better. Like, if you're in a sour mood, just by smiling, it could like boost those dopamine levels just like a little bit. I think that helps when you're meeting with clients too. Like if it's just kind of standing your ground, like not letting the sourness be on your side of things. Like it just always, it's putting on a face, but that's what gets you money in projects. <laughs> so sometimes it's just being enthusiastic about having a new project and that, you're being able to live the way you want to live, even though you're not maybe loving what you're writing or what you're lettering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will, Carol. I'm, I'm up for it. All right, so your mom asked me to dinner um, next time I'm in Cleveland. Oh, I saw a good question from Joe. Okay, I, I didn't see it. So, do you know what? Let me do you want me to. It was do you something it? about um, how do you use projectors? Okay, yeah. I have yet to have a mural project where I actually can use a projector just because they've been in like tight wall spaces and stuff. So I've been using, I use the grid method where I take a picture of my sketch on my iPad and it's like I do a grid inch by inch and then on the wall I do foot by foot and just go by square and match each square. But um, I try to use a projector for this mural due on Monday and the image was too small, like on the wall, she wanted it bigger and I couldn't on the spot, like I should have brought my laptop, adjusted it in Photoshop. But um, if you, like I asked Adam Vickerel what projector he uses. I asked Roxy and Phoebe um, what projector they use. And um, they gave me like, you know, good ones to use on Amazon. It's a little expensive, but totally worth it. Like I've been using a $50 projector and it was totally pixelated. So I actually spent over $100 on my new one, and it is very crisp. So, so having the right So Kim actually uses a iPad Pro or iPad to project her. So we'll have to get you guys connected. So, yes. And she really got it from Dylan Minguez, who is also in Ohio, uh, right? <laughs> so I think the projector is really, really a good way to go because then you still can adjust and do some things on the spot if somebody wants it a little bit bigger. Definitely And, need and you have an iPad, so you're ready to go. All you need is that little <laughs> HDMI <laughs> cable. <laughs> yeah, It's tiny. It's like 20 I'm, bucks. I'm sure I have it somewhere in the apartment too. It's just, I'm not putting two and two together. <laughs> But but it I think that um, Joe just so you know we will make sure if um, if you can tell me what your projector is uh, Lisa then I will put it in the the show notes and we can um, I'm going to write that down so that I can get that from you. All okay. right, so one of the things with you are in Cleveland, so maybe some people haven't ever been to Cleveland. Can you kind of give us an idea of how big Cleveland is? Because I think. What I always like to do with Design Recharge, it's really about hope, right? You went from lettering in high school to now you're doing this full time. I mean, granted, you had a lot of time. You've really put a lot of hours into making this and doing really, really, really good work. But so, so it give, you give hope to a lot of people. But there's also, it's the business side of how do you actually get going and, and how big is Cleveland that you can actually have enough work and you can have retainer clients? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the size? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I would compare it to Nashville. I'm trying to think of a city that a lot of people have been to or know about, but it is, it's very much like the size of it. It's kind of like Nashville, just a little smaller, but it is definitely a Midwest city with a small town mindset. Um, 
I wish they would branch out a little bit, but Cleveland Clevelanders are crazy. They are very loyal. We walk around with Cleveland all over our t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> like we have so many Cleveland clothing stores here. It's insane, but it is also super helpful because if you know five people in Cleveland, you are one degree away from everybody here pretty much. <laughs> and so that has been super helpful. Like being actually working at two different advertising agencies has got me so many connections just by having a job here and going out and doing work events and stuff. So, but it's, but it's not just that it's that you had these side projects. It wasn't just that yes, you were good yes. at your job, which you are, <laughs> but it was also that you were fun to work with, that you had a lot of energy. It was those other things. And I totally agree with you about the, you can actually do this with your, a pin that it says that that will decrease serotonin levels if you're feeling down. Oh my God. Cause it's a forced smile. So you can just stick a pin in it. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not one that's a hundred dollars. I'll get you one of these at creative South. You can just stick that in your mouth. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? So, so it's a Midwest city, some of uh, a city that's proud of its heritage and who, who they are. They're proud to see a ton of Cleveland stuff. That's another thing. I've gotten projects where they're like, we wanted a Cleveland artist, which again, I mean, we do need to branch out if we do want to grow as a city. We can't just be like in a Cleveland bubble, but it, hey, I'm not complaining if it's getting me projects. <laughs> and and it's, artists. <laughs> that's right. So it's also, there, there's a pretty good little art scene in Cleveland, yeah. right? So that's another kind of aspect. It's tapping into if somebody wanted to do this in uh, in North Carolina, I think I know um, Jeremy's in Charlotte. It may not be as, I'm sorry, they're washing a screen uh, over there. I'm going to turn my mic a little bit this way. Maybe you don't hear it or won't hear it. Um, but, you know, they're, um, it's tapping into some of that art scene to see if those people who are, it's meeting people, right? It's meeting people who know people who might need something, right? It's right. That whole networking. It's Cause you were saying it was when I'd go to um, after work events or something with the advertising agency, right? Yes. Yes. But another part of it is too, like just reaching out to other artists in different cities and being as transparent as you can. Like I hop on a girl boss call every Monday with Roxy and Phoebe in San Diego and Emily in Sacramento, Little Patterns in Chicago, and then Eden Bates in Austin, I believe. So we've got all corners of the map covered and we talk about pricing. We talk about licensing. Like I have upped my prices so much just by these phone calls with girls my age doing the same thing. And we all just kind of help each other out. We, you know, if someone's having a, a bad client experience, you know, we all talk about it and help each other out. It is just so, so important to kind of like find a group of people that you trust and can mm. open up to about. That's not necessarily just in your local area, right? right. Somebody who right. you have a little bit more perspective on what's happening outside. I think that's really critical to right. the growth. If you live if you live in Chicago and San Diego, like living expenses there are crazy. So they have to up their prices. So sometimes I feel like I'm not charging enough, but then again, like I'm living in Cleveland and like stuff is, isn't as comparable. Same thing with clients. Like if you get a national client, um, then yeah, you could charge licensing fees and all that. But if you're doing a mom and pop shop, like we discuss how to handle that too, you know? So how did you get connected with those girls? <laughs> they have their own podcast called Drunk I do. <laughs> yep. But did you know them from, did you meet, had you ever met them or did you just follow them online and they just started the, you started the conversation and then y'all. <laughs> yeah. So I like most people, if I'm not seeing them at conferences like weapons and um, creative South, I'm finding them online and totally being a fangirl, reaching out. Cause they're just people. I think once you break down the barrier of like, and tell yourself they're just humans too, then everyone seems much more approachable. Um, so yeah, I would comment on every single post. And I think that's when they're like, okay, this is the only person listening to our podcast. So we'll bring her on. <laughs> and I got to be on twice. So that was super exciting. And I actually got to meet him in person when I was in San Diego. So that was fun too. That is cool. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah. So again, like if you see someone on Instagram, like reach out to them in a heartbeat, you know, that um, it never gets old hearing that like, Hey, I like your work, like, and answering questions, like artists want to help, you know? So Jeremy kind of has a question about networking. He's like, Oh, you yeah. go to these events and you feel like all you have to do is say, Hey, here's my business card. Here's what I do. So it's very kind of quick. How do you make more? Cause I think this is one of your superpowers. You make things more meaningful and it's not just a one-time event. It's a, just like you were with uh, Phoebe in them. It was this consistent, you were consistently following them, commenting, you were, you were there. And so how do you, how do you get that in a either in-person setting or online? I mean, online you kind of explain, but in person. Yeah. You just being a listener, like I growing up, I always beg my babysitters to tell me stories. Like I've been a listener for life and people have like every single person has so many stories. So, you know, all you have to do is go up to someone and be like, where are you from? What do you do? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? And like, what tools do you use? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Like, just fire off as many questions as you can. <laughs> My husband says, he's like, Diane, are you, not, are you an interrogator? It's like you're in, you just need a light in a, like a small room and a pair of handcuffs. Like, Give them a break. But I think okay. that people usually are excited to yeah. share, to talk about what, that, who they are. Like, it is a win-win for everyone. You ask someone what they like doing, and that's going to put them in a better mood. That's going to get them out of their bubble and start chit-chatting. Oh, my God. On the way to work today, I was listening to NPR, and they were talking about how on commutes, they made a group of people, like they were testing people on trains on commutes and they're like, okay, this group, don't talk to anyone. This group, break out of your shell and start talking to the people on the train. And they said, uh, like nearly 100% of the time, people will respond back to, you know, you talking to them on the commute. And it was, and it raised their happiness level. Like people just want human interaction. And you know, going to these conferences, it's, it's intimidating. My first one, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I actually know, recognize a girl from Instagram and, you know, we get coffee every Saturday now. So just like, I don't know, it's just breaking out of your comfort zone and just striking up conversations will actually get you places. Like, I don't, not a lot of the times it will be a negative thing for you. So it's usually a positive one. Go out and do it. <laughs> So I also think, I think you probably do this. I haven't seen you do this, but I can imagine because I've eaten with you and hang, hung out with you a little bit, that you would be happy to give some advice if somebody was talking. If you were in a, a an after work kind of party or whatever you call those things, but not really a party. I don't know, whatever. So you're there and you're, they start talking to you about what, cause you're asking them questions. Oh, what do you do? And they mm -hmm. say they run their own business and they say they have a, a, a hotel or they have a, a restaurant and you're like, Oh cool. What kind of, and you're not asking to get work, but you're asking, you know, you're kind of, you see where you could help them if they don't have somebody already. Mm -hmm. And cause it's that awkward, like, Hey, I think we might could date, you know, kind of, uh, Yes. Uh, a thing, right? Right. That's a great question and something I'm still terrible at because, <laughs> you know, I'm usually out to dinner with my husband, Mark, and he's the one saying, oh, you should check out her Instagram because I will stay quiet. And, you know, when we leave a place, he's like, you should leave something behind. Like you have to push yourself and market yourself. So this is something I'm terrible at doing too. But like you said, just a very subtle plug. It's not like, hey, I think like your company should really work with me. Like, don't be too aggressive, but like, Hey, this is my work Would love. You know, I'm a fan of what you do. I think we could collab or something. And it's sometimes it's like, Oh, well, have you thought about maybe doing a, if they're a restaurant, like, have you thought about painting your uh, bathroom stalls or doing something different? Like something that That's would perfect. just be so, um, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to do it or right. draw on it, but it, it just is giving them an idea of ways to make, I mean, I think when we start talking to people and they're like, well, I don't really know anything about social media. I'm like, well, why have you thought about this? Or could you try this? Or, you know, there's all kinds of things that you and I both do as designers 
that isn't necessarily you coming in and doing a mural, but it could be something else. I, it's just having that kind of entrepreneurial mindset, which I know you have because you are able to get so much work and get so much stuff done. So I think that's incredible. Thank you. All right. So, um, well said. <laughs> so do you have any tips about, um, getting maybe in that, the, in the door? So are all your things from connections? Like somebody knows somebody and then it's, it's this. So it's, it's like the person you met at that, at that party wasn't necessarily the person with the restaurant mural or with the wall, but they know what you do. So it's not that you're saying, Hey, I want to do this work for you. You're just saying, Hey, I did this work. And you're also enthusiastic about the work you do. Right. And Mark's really enthusiastic about the work you do. <laughs> I think, um, Aaron Draplin has some good advice on this. It's, like, um, you know, the same, oh God, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's like, you know, the same work you do for a friend is the same work you do for a client, you know, always bring your A game and stuff. But a lot of it too is, you know, putting out the work that you want to do. And mm. um, yeah, just like, you know, I got my start because I was doing nothing but passion projects. You know, this was all outside of work and that attracted people and eventually clients. So just starting with what you actually want to do will lead you to the projects that you want to do. But it's also and, um, consistently putting it out. It's not just oh, once a month, right? Yeah. I mean, you really are, are driven and you've gotten, you, you know, you're, I don't know, you're, learning curve like you're always doing something new it seems like right you're mm -hmm. pushing yourself right. so, you know what yeah, yeah for me it was instagram <laughs> this is it sounds dumb out loud but i almost majored in math and i love numbers and i love video games like tetris like always beating your high score and stuff that was like instagram for me i you know kept fluttering and stuff but the more i wanted more followers and more likes and just seeing measurable data mm. and I know it, it doesn't really correlate with you know skill level because some of my favorite people have 3,000 followers and stuff so it, it doesn't really I don't know for me personally though I love trying to get more and more and more and like seeing the stats and seeing what does well with the Instagram world and what doesn't what when to post when not to but Something like you said, and has always been consistent, is consistency in your work. So how often do you think you're posting? I try to do it every day right now. Like, it, now that I've gone freelance, like, there's a period of time where I'm just sending out estimates. There's a period of time where I can't share anything. So I try to recycle and post something that I did, like, a year ago. And it works with Instagram because you know, nine times out of 10, people don't scroll through everything. So right. they don't see a lot of good work that maybe you did a couple years ago. So I try to recycle. Some That's stuff a great about, idea. Right? Yeah. Especially if, I mean, it, if it's not within like a couple swipes, I'm not going that far. Right? Right. If you do six swipes, then, you know, you can repost something from that window. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great idea. So, um, you also really put like, I'm looking at one three row thing right now. One is on the iPad. One is, um, in, it looks like the pin, maybe there's some pencil in there. It's like tropical kawaii. I don't know. Oh yeah. That was, that was pen and paper. Yeah. Okay. And that one is absolutely freaking awesome. And then there's you on your Christmas present with, uh, the things we, it's like a mural things we should never for know your, oh. I don't whatever that I, I can't see the whole thing. So shout out to mom and dad. Thank you for the Christmas. So gift. tell them about, so your sister gets something and then you open this and tell them about your Christmas present and why this has really helped you. Oh yeah. Um, so it was actually kind of cool. Um, you know, we open gifts as a family every year and my sister was getting like, you know, a winter coat. My brother was getting clothes and then I opened up scaffolding. Right. But like something that I definitely needed. It, it was very nice to not go up and down a ladder or step stool. I could just like work on more of a platform and not have to move the scaffolding as much and stuff. And you can adjust the levels. So I could do like the very top line and go down from there. It was very like, uh, it, it saved a lot of time. 
Were you really <laughs> excited about getting that present? Oh my God. Yes. Best <laughs> I put my name on it right away so no construction workers would steal it because they oh, could borrow and I had it adjusted by myself I'm like don't take my scaffolding I started like locking it away <laughs> I bet absolutely See? all right so we have like five minutes left and we didn't okay. we got through maybe four questions <laughs> so we'll have to do a part two after creative south okay yes. I'm okay. done for that okay I, I, at first I thought you were like uh I was like, oh, no, have I, have I, anyway, okay, um, it's just because I've been off because of the whole Siri thing earlier, all right, so when you're, um, I'm going to end kind of on the, um, the, the what's kind of next for you, and I know you're doing a workshop at Creative South, and just so you know, Courtney Smith, she's still here, she's your volunteer, and she's one of my kids, I mean, not yeah. physically birthed her, but she will, she, um, she's exciting. She was a painting major anyway. And then she went back to, came to my school and did design. So she is really excited. She's going to take your uh, lettering workshop and she's your volunteer also. So if you need her to do something, you can do that. But so you have this coming up in at Creative South. What else is coming up? Anything else we should be looking out for? Um, I sent out estimates for like five mural projects that are somehow due in the next three months. So just, um, pushing out murals left and right. But tomorrow I'm going to Philadelphia with find a way, a longtime client. And they're having me do a live mural of people or it's at a librarian conference or a library conference, which I didn't know that happened. So Every librarian that comes to the booth, I'm supposed to draw a caricature of them. I don't draw people, so this will be very interesting. Like, I sent them a sample of like um, all their employees' kind of caricatures, and they're like, yep, this is exactly what we're looking for, so you're hired. And that, again, something you didn't do, but you said yes to, and you got enthusiastic about it. Because maybe I'll like it. Like, I don't know. I've never done it before. So what if I love doing this? <laughs> so what one last question what advice would you give your younger self your younger shelf your younger My shelf <laughs> your younger self and what age do you think you would tell yourself that like would it be at age 11 would it be oh at 22 I would probably tell my high school self to start listening to other music because <laughs> what I listened to was terrible um but no <laughs> I don't I wouldn't do too much differently. Like maybe with the dating life, I would. I would go back and say, like, don't date that guy. Um, but I, I've always had. Oh, we didn't talk about this. I've always had a good worth ethic because I went to church a lot as a kid. I was being forced to, and it taught me how to be devout. I would go to church every Friday and Sunday, and I it taught me how to be consistent and you know get something out like dealing with doing something not by choice but doing with going through with it and getting something out of it like your time on earth is so minimal like you better get something out of what you're doing <laughs> right because me and you talked about that the other day how yes. just it was something that was consistent you knew you had to do it so yes. but you still maybe wouldn't be something you were really into and i think this was the thing about getting on board with clients right You've got to find right. one thing that you like or one thing that you really could um, back or even as you were going to church, not that, the, not that that's a bad thing, but right, right, uh, right. It, it just might not have been what you wanted to do or how you wanted to spend your time, right? It's not for everybody, right. right? Especially not like, you know, 10, 11 year olds who <laughs> have all this energy and they're like, just sit here, be quiet, kneel, stand, say this. <laughs> It's right. hard as a kid. So it kind of broke you, but then it also, you understood how to not be broken by it, but actually use it to your advantage. Because you still do that. I think there might be uh, clients that, um, I know Amy and Jen Hood, they talk about, uh, they had a mop project was one of their first clients. And they were like, it's going to be the best mop catalog you've ever seen. And I know that was, you know, like, but it's about kind of getting on board and being like, I'm going to do, they will never want to go anywhere else because they're going to love this mop catalog and it's going to elevate oh. them. Right. But it's that's a I, attitude. <laughs> yeah. But that's you. You have that same attitude. I feel like, and maybe it is because 
but I also think you also spend time, you take enough time for you to keep doing passion projects and keep fueling. Cause I think sometimes people get too much uh, client stuff and then they kind of lost their enthusiasm maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's definitely moments where I put away the phone. I sit on the couch, watch Netflix with Mark. Like we definitely need, you know, one screen at a time. I hate that it's gotten to that point, but yeah, it's like, okay, we'll be on our phones now, put that away on the TV. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think having something like that. And also I think you're always growing. I think that's another tip people can take from you is that just do it even when you don't feel like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then keep growing, keep pushing yourself and say yes. Cause that was the other thing you said. Cause it's like, hey, Lisa doesn't know how to do this either, but we can figure it out, right? Somebody's done yeah. this. They're not Einstein, right? right? Not that you're not smart because you're super smart. But, you know, and I feel like sometimes I'm not always the smartest bulb. But I feel like if they can do it, if, you know, Joni can do it, then I can do it, you know? A hundred percent. Like when I was first starting, I saw all these amazing artists on Instagram and then it finally clicked, like just dismantling their artwork, seeing how, cause it's not just like boom detail. It's like, okay, first you start with the sketch. Then once you get a good sketch, you move on to inking and then maybe you add detail on top of that, like a hundred percent. All right. So we've got about six more questions to do in our part two. We get to so rapid I'm fire. <laughs> I know. I, I love Scotty's rapid fire. He's really, yeah. really good. Um, so do you know, oh, so what a, you said you would listen to better music and tell yourself, so you just listen to bad music, like it, but clearly you like the lyrics. Maybe you were listening to them for the lyrics. Pro oh God, just, we can just skip to the next question. Yeah. I listen to <laughs> music <laughs> all right um i want people you to know, know how yes, yes. <laughs> i want to i want people to know how to follow you so they can always check out your work do you think you get a lot of work from places like dribble or do you think you get more work from people like instagram or do you think it's just people you know have uh, shared your your stuff because a lot of the it's work is Local. It's usually people like either finding me on Instagram or their buddies like, Hey, you should see this Instagram, <laughs> but like having somewhere where your work is and you know, I have a website, but I, people are just used to Instagram. There's familiarity there. So I think seeing it on something that they use every day, like that is the hook line and sinker. So do you track your Instagram? Like, do you see how many people went? Do you look at that? I mean, because you're a numbers oh, yeah. person. So is that something you do like at the end of every week? Do you kind of analyze the <laughs> post or? <laughs> Here, if you have, if you switch your Instagram account to business, you get all these wonderful numbers. Sorry, I know it, it is. It is really good numbers. Like uh, what posts are doing well, what parts of the country. Sorry. Can you even see that? Well, yeah. I suggest getting a business Instagram account. So you can. And, and it's really easy. It's just a quick switch, right? It's so quick. It's uh, all you have to do is set up a Facebook account through for your business. Mine is just Lisa Quine. I have nothing posted on that Facebook page, but it's so interesting. Like 34% of my followers are men and 66% are women. I'm like, it's just I look at mine too. Mine are like 50, 50 or a little bit more men than women. Oh my God. I know, isn't that funny? I know, yeah. I, think, I think that stuff is, is neat too. I think we that's a whole other workshop I think at Creative South sometimes should happen because I think yeah. it's about knowing how to, I mean, you have 21.2 and I have, I've finally reached the 2,000. Woo -woo. We're going to get that number up. <laughs> but I think it's knowing what to do to get that, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people are and I think some of it's just about exposure. You know, now they change the algorithms all the time. It's kind of that whole other ball game. But if you're not playing in that field, then you'll never get your, you'll never maybe get where you want to go. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like you can make a beautiful website with your work on it and stuff. But if you're not on social media where everybody else is, no one's going to see it. Yeah. Well, and kind of being able to analyze your work or somebody else's work and seeing why it's doing well and then how you can 
adjust, I guess. Because one thing I notice uh, that I love is that you have great set shots, but then it's not just set shot, set shot, set shot. You actually show your face a lot. When I look at the year end, it's always the posts with a face that do better than like a um, illustration piece or something, which I just think is, is so funny. I don't know if you get that same, like the you on the scaffolding gets a higher like than just the work. <laughs> work in progress tends to be more likes than the actual finished piece, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> I think, I, I guess people just like to see that human touch. And I, your work yeah. is amazing. I mean, you have down to a T how to get the life in it. So <laughs> sorry. I'm looking at Jason's comment. Jason said, total opposite when you're a bearded metal dude. People are like, yeah, just your lettering, weirdo. Oh, whatever, Jason. I love you. I, can... Girl, yeah, right. I can't anymore. I'm <laughs> I could have just picked it off the floor, I guess. All right. So let me share. So I it's Lisa. Q-U-I-N-E dot com. And then rhymes if anybody's on, right, what? Rhymes with wine. Quine rhymes with wine. Okay. And then also at on Instagram, it's Lisa underscore Quine, Q-U-I-N-E again, just for anybody who's on um, iTunes and they're not, uh, they're listening, not seeing me in the chat, <laughs> typing it in. And email me with questions. I love answering questions. So, so if you want to chat more. What's your email? Um, if you go to my Instagram, there's an email button. Oh, okay, great. So we can email you straight from Instagram. Perfect. Yep. We'll, we will, we'll do that. <laughs> All right, Lisa, thank you so much for giving up so much of your time. I hope you have a safe travel tomorrow, uh, driving to Philly, Philly. Yep. Yep. And I can't wait to see you in like three weeks at Creative South. I can't wait to see you and everybody listening who's going to Creative South. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> I'm super excited too. All right. We will see you next week. The whole March. We just didn't do a March uh, design recharge on a Wednesday. So I'm just going ahead and uh, just adopting that. It's March Madness. So this when this not Wednesday, we are going to have Lisa, another Lisa. This is the only non-Cleveland artist we're talking to this month as well. Maybe March is always Cleveland month. Um, but we have um, Lisa Glanz back to do her part too. She's going to do it on Monday. She's in South Africa, so we have a little time difference. So it's 10 a.m., I think. Is that right? 10 a.m. on Monday morning, Eastern time, 7, 10, 9, 8, 7, 7 a.m. Pacific time. So catch us again on Monday, and then we'll – uh, then we're going to come back and we start, I believe the following one. I don't know if it's in March still, but it's with Scott Soder and he's an illustrator and I can't wait to have him on as well. So, but Lisa Glanz, the part two, we will get Lisa Quine scheduled for her part two so we can continue this conversation. And maybe we can, um, we're doing some live podcasting at Creative South. So maybe you can pop in the booth and we can get some more questions answered then too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, if you want to volunteer, there's still a few volunteer tickets for Creative South. Just go to www.creativesouth.com and then slash volunteers with an S and then fill out the form. Then I'll send you a code. If there's uh, left, it's $100 off your ticket and you only have to give me six hours. Pretty much you're backstage helping people like Lisa, or you're uh, pouring beer for people or checking IDs. I mean, who? that's a great job. And it's not like all six hours in, is in one swoop. It's just two-hour segments because I think it's a little too much if I asked you to do all six. So uh, Kim will be uh, pouring beer on Friday night. Maybe you guys can pour wine or beer. Um that might be more of your thing. So, or checking IDs, that'd be super helpful, but that's what I'm looking for. It's a hundred dollars off your ticket. So we'll see you hopefully at creative South with me and Lisa, and then I'll see you with the other Lisa next Monday. All right, guys. Thanks so much.